comes ahead on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My <laughs> name is Jordan Wiegand and I am joined by somebody that uh, did not get an invite to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame like Dolly Parton <laughs> did. Uh, a guy who was air drumming the intro, Logan Stump. It's so hard on StreamYard not to laugh sometimes just because I'm looking at you and you're so serious. And then I'm just like, you know, it'd be fun. And our song's a jam. So I like to just kind of like rock out by myself sometimes. And I was getting some clapping going. I was doing some drum solos, you know. Um, I just need Rich around to do like the air guitar and we'd have a band. That's what I, was, well, what I was wondering first was the the clapping. If you were just like getting yourself hyped for this, like. Yeah, that's what I do. Like clapping, yeah. like, yeah. Or if you're trying to go along with the music because. You know, it looked out of sync on on my end here. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it just kind of looked like a ghost opened my door because my cat <laughs> opened the door. <laughs> he just like nudged it open, and then the door just swung open. But yeah, like I, I I try to get myself hyped for these shows just because sometimes I'm you know I'm back at school it's off of spring break and trying to get myself hyped up because today kind of flattened me. So how are you doing, Jordan? How's your the Monday today flew going? by for me. This was a day that uh, just just flew by and i'm good you know for people that don't know like on these days we record it's usually like a mad rush to get home i get off at 4 45 i left a little later today then i'm like i don't have time to make dinner so i stop and got chick-fil-a on the way home you know eat that then head here take the dogs out you know change and then it's like, all right time to time to do the show um so if it always seems like i come in uh just thoroughly like not prepared it's because of that. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so uh yeah logan and i don't talk too much before the show we, we do most of our talking after the show actually so we kind of come right in like cold you know it's like hey how are you doing good all right let's get started on the show we actually don't um, even talk. We just kind of like, good? And like, yeah, I'm good. Like, we don't yeah, actually like each other. Um, <clears throat> people yeah. always comment on our chemistry whenever we have guests on and stuff, and it, it's fake. It's all um, made up, yeah. It is. It's WWE-ish. Like, it, I, I would say that it's pretty <laughs> It's pretty comparable to that, I guess. But I don't know. Like, I just feel like Dude, people think... That's me thinking, fake laughing right now right, because I we don't know. have any chemistry. <laughs> this is unbelievable. 
people have now turned off the podcast three minutes and they're like this is awful like what what do they do Maybe for a living anything soccer related yet uh, um jordan what do you do for a living you see when i was 10 years old <laughs> i always wanted to be a ball player but that's not what i do currently um yeah but no we uh we are here to talk we actually got a big show for you so we gotta stop wasting time we've got uh <laughs> uh week three right what is this week three or four Week three. Week four. four. I put week three. Oh, well. Yeah, uh, week four off, man. Of, uh, of MLS action here in the 2022 season. We got U.S. Open Cup schedule we want to talk about. And then we got the roster and um, some updates to that roster for the U.S. men's national team as they will be playing their games starting Thursday, right? against mexico mm-hmm. uh before we get into the main show though uh logan are you how confident are you on a scale of let's say one to a hundred that the u.s men's team are going to qualify a hundred meaning they a hundred percent will one percent chance you know your your one rating would be that you don't think that they will uh what is your rating right now oh i'm gonna go i'm gonna go 90 just because we do have a lot of points. Um, I, I do feel comfortable where we are in the table. I think, I, I mean, I don't know when that fourth playoff game would be played because that could be June. interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of come into play now just because of the injuries that we've had. Um, Matt Turner being down, Brent, or, uh, Brendan McKinney. Yeah, Brendan McKinney. Um, both of them <laughs> out. <laughs> uh, Weston out, Brendan out. Uh, who Am I missing somebody? I feel like I'm missing other people. Um, I just feel like we're just like laundry list. Well, Brooks not called in, right? I mean, we <clears throat> yeah. got we got some Josh, problems there. Yeah, Josh Sargent, Sargent not I think called in. People thought we're gonna get was gonna get called in, but then I think he turns around and makes some pretty good choices. But I guess we'll get to that when we get to it. But yeah, I mean, it. I feel like I feel ninety percent chance that they'll qualify, <clears throat> and I do think. You know what's interesting? I think that uh, I think the game in Mexico will be a lot closer than I think people want to give us credit for. I don't think he'll play a full out full-blown lineup that you would normally see from Greg. I think you'll see much more of a conservative. I could see them trying to play for a point. Um, but I don't know. It'll be interesting, but I, I'm, I'm about 90% confident um, in the team. And I think just because they missed out last year, I think it's going to be a little better this year. But what about you? What, are, what I mean, where are you feeling? I'm probably at a 75. Yeah. It's kind of sad. I'm at like a seven. I look so before all the injuries and stuff. I was still probably at like an eighty, right? Yeah. It, it's kind of like, I mean, the McKenney one was known for a while. Yeah. Um, but you know, adding the injury to Brendan on it is tough, and yeah, I just feel like almost a, a repeat of of twenty seventeen right now, which is not what I want to have. I think I don't know. I'm just not very confident, and I I kind of go through these stretches at times. You know, I've been in these stretches before, but usually then the results make me think, okay, well we're getting results. It's whatever. We'll be fine. We have games left. We have three games left, mm-hmm. right? At this point, and two of them are really hard games. And it, it's getting to the point where I'm getting worried 
and I feel like even if look, no nobody's qualified right now in our CONCACAF region. But I feel like if I like I, I just feel like no matter how we were doing right now, if we had it mathematically locked it up, I'd probably be feeling the same way. You know, it's just almost mm-hmm. like um I kind of get this way with my teams where I'm really confident leading up to right before the game. And in this case, we have to quantify. It's not just one game we're building up to. So almost thinking like the rest of the qualifying was like the build up to this moment, you know, like for a football game, you know, for like the Ravens or whatever, it'd be like, you know, we make the playoffs and the build up to Sunday or whatever. I'm like, we got this, we got this. And then Sunday morning I wake up and think, Oh my God, we don't got this in this relation. The week building up to it is all those other windows, right? Where mm-hmm. I'm thinking we got this, we got this, we got this. And then today is the Sunday morning where I wake up and say, I don't know if we got this. And I, I'm not sure any other manager matters at this point either. I do think I would feel this way anyway. So I don't want to say like, this is a Greg thing. I think it's just the nerves. I think it's the nerves of the, the, we cannot miss another one type of feeling. Um, And then the fact that the injuries are happening, you're sitting there thinking we're not even going to have our full squad, which we've talked about throughout the whole year, right? That Mm -hmm. you're never going to have that full squad. That's why you need, deep squad but i think it would sting if we don't qualify and john brooks is sitting in germany right now because he is back in form so we can't even use the form excuse anymore i was for benching him originally when he had the bad form but now he's been playing better i don't get it right like there's there's things that worry me which sometimes comes down to the coaching, but just overall, just the state of the program, the injuries, the players that were called in, the three matchups we have, it just seems like, a, like, you know, when a snowball starts at the top of a mountain and it's really mm-hmm. small, but as it's rolling downhill, it's picking up more and more snow as it's coming down. That's what it feels like. Like, at yeah. the top, like, we're in second or third place of the qualifying. We're fine. And then, Oh, there's a Weston McKenney injury. John Brooks seems to be out on this team. You know, oh, there's a, there's a Brendan Aronson injury. We had all of our goalkeepers injured at one point, but now it seems like Stefan's back. But I feel like a lot of people are pushing for Horvath because of Stefan's form. So, like, it just seems like this buildup of this huge snowball that's now just going to come and, and wreck us. And I'm hoping that's not the case because I, I know I'm usually known as like Mr. Positive for this kind yeah. of stuff. But it's just like pit of the feeling because 2017 scarred me so much that I'm really, really worried. It'd be a disaster. I mean, for this program. For it would, league. yeah. Um, and one, I would hate to have to listen to U.S. Men's National Team Twitter for the next four months or four years. <laughs> It'd just be brutal. Longer. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Longer yeah, right. because we wouldn't qualify right. next time. So right. people wouldn't even see that as legitimate, right? Like, 
could you imagine if we okay here's a here's a story for you let's say we don't qualify this time and we get to 2026 greg's not there right because he's not going to make it here's the reality he's not going to be the coach of this team if we don't qualify mm-hmm. i would hope <clears throat> it should be right right so we don't qualify we get to 2026 where there's no qualification we have a different manager Probably not Jesse Marsh because he seems to be like if he's still at Leeds or doing well and keep climbing, I don't think he's going to take the instability, the instability of a national team job. But let's say we don't have a good showing in 2026, right? We don't get out of the group, no matter who we draw in the group. Let's say we don't make it through the group. People will then doubt this program. Fairly, I would say, every time. So you'd have an even bigger gap. So let's say you don't do well in 2026. Then we start qualifying for, I guess, 2028 if they do every two years. Then you have to worry about... But, you know, then they're expanding expanding how many teams are in it. So we, we might make it anyway, right? But even then, even with the bigger number, I feel like people would still have that fear of, oh, we're not going to make it, you know? And it would just be doubting and doubting and doubting this the, each step of the way. So you have to make it this time. I think you have to at least make it out of your group in 2026, no matter who's in it, to really make people think, okay, we're on the right path. I know because everybody wants a deep run in 2026, which I, I don't even think. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's possible, right? But that's still up in the air. Is are we going to change managers after one cycle, like some teams do, or are we? going to continue giving greg the keys and we it, we don't look good or something or maybe we do look good i don't know i mean it's uh that's a discussion for another time but hopefully not one we have to have <laughs> after this window so should we just uh, go through like the standings and stuff or yeah yeah well, the roster? well for for for, for us, US men's, yeah. yeah let's just do all that stuff now yeah all right, so do you, want, do you have the roster up? Yeah, I have the well, I have the uh, standings up, and then if you want to pull okay. up the roster, we can go through the roster. But uh, Canada in first, they've got twenty five points, four points clear of the U.S., who's in second place, took twenty one points. Mexico twenty one points, Panama uh, at seventeen points, Costa Rica at sixteen points, and I think the truck stops there. Um, I'm not really sure anything else can happen from those other teams that are below, but in order, El Salvador. Jamaica, Honduras, nine seven three. So, um, looks like the top four. It's just going to be. I mean, it would take uh, enormous landslides from a couple of those teams for Costa Rica to kind of bump their way back into it. But um, the fact that Panama is playing so well, um, I still regret not jumping on the tickets as early as I could have um, for the Panama game here in Orlando. Um, but I don't know. Those are the standings uh, as they currently sit. So. Um, again, there, there's some bright spots there. I mean, we're four points clear of Panama. Um, I will say Panama does have a bit of a tougher schedule as well. Uh, they have to play Honduras who Honduras typically plays a rough little game. I'm not sure if they can hold off Panama. Uh, it would be great if they could share a point because that would really solidify. I think the U S feeling confident, um, if they put them up five before we get to see them, but then they come to us. And then they have to go back home where they're going to play Canada, who could very well have it all sewn up. 
Um, I'm kind of hoping Canada doesn't really have a good window, so they have to actually play <laughs> mm-hmm. in that last game. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it would be nice if somebody was chasing them down just to kind of throw a little bit of doubt into their head. Um, but at that point, they might not be playing for much. Okay, so the roster here, I think, did we mention it on here? No, it was right after we were done recording. Yeah. In the bottom is what it was. Okay. Ethan Horvath, Sean Johnson, Zach Steffen are your goalkeepers. Defenders are Reggie Cannon. Dest was called in, but George Bello is replacing him due to injury. Aaron Long, Eric Palmer Brown, um, Anthony Robinson, Miles Robinson, James Sands, DeAndre Yedlin, Walker Zimmerman. Midfielders, Kellen Acosta, Tyler Adams, Gia, Luca, Busio, Luca Della Torre, Yunus Musa, Christian Roldan. Forwards, Brennan Aronson is going to miss time. He was called in, and from what I just saw, Greg doesn't know if he's calling somebody in, and that is bull. Uh, anytime we have these injuries, call somebody in. It's still Monday. The game's Thursday. You have time yeah. to get somebody in here. We know that like Josh Sargent is on the provisionary roster. Just like call somebody in. Uh, Paul Ariola, Jesus Freira, Jordan Morris, Jordan Pifak, uh, Ricardo Pepe, Pulisic, Reyna, Timothy Wea. So any concerns or anything that you have here with the roster? Um, I guess I'll give some people some positives to kind of look out for. Yeah, Kellen Acosta was playing really well out of the last international break um, and has been playing well for LAFC. So that could be huge if he can kind of step into some of that role that, that uh, Weston's going to leave a hole with. Uh, Luca Dellatore had a really good window as well last time. So that's kind of exciting. Christian Roldan is probably in the best form of the whole group um, in MLS, which is wild to say, but he's played extremely well with the Sounders. Um, so those are three spotlights. And also, Jordan, I think what people just, I mean, I guess because he hasn't played in a while and, and he really, really was awful last year, but now he's kind of stepped back into form a little bit. Gio Reyna uh, had looked good when he came back for, for for Dortmund. I mean, he had been pretty reliant, and I think he actually – did he score or assist a goal recently, I feel? Um, like, he had played really well in, his, uh, in games back that he's been back. So, I don't know. I, I, I think that's a big X factor. Like, if he can step back in and give you really crucial minutes, and if Jesus Ferrer can play like he did the other day – I mean, it, it, I do feel like the U.S. is much better off than what it sounds like. It does sound like doom or gloom. You also have to remember, though, that, that Brendan was really just starting to get into those starting roles with Greg. Um, and Matt Turner, I mean, Matt, this is what we always talk about. Matt Turner and Stefan are pretty equal in different things that they can kind of contribute. Um, and Turner hadn't been in real good form uh, coming out of the last break. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how those guys step up, but P Fox in great form. P Fox probably in the best form he's ever been in his life um, with young boys. So I don't know, a lot of positives to take out of this. And I, and I do feel like our defense is just always going to be pretty solid with miles Robinson and Walker, just because I think those are pretty big, solid. Backs. The only bad thing is miles is in like the worst form of his. That's life, true. Right yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it helps uh, to have Tyler in front of you, I guess. I mean, it, so it, it, this was John Brooks's statement. Uh, that Derek Ray shared on Twitter months ago. I accepted responsibility for my play and the decision that kept me off a roster. Now I'm happy I've regained my form, but unfortunately I wasn't invited to camp. 
I accept this as the coach's decision, but I won't accept that I can't change this before the final World Cup roster selection. There should be no questions about my desire to play for this team. My plan is to fight as hard as I can to make it back. My American identity is at stake, an identity some have questioned over many years. We have all been down and out different times, but we always fight back, and I plan to do the same. It's a good statement. I like it. Uh, So the games are Thursday, 10 p.m. Mexico versus USA. Sunday, the 27th, USA versus Panama at 7 o'clock. Costa Rica versus USA, Wednesday, March 30th, 9.05, to end the qualifying round. So it's wild. It is wild. I remember us sitting here, you know, probably a year ago looking at, man, when does qualifying even start? And then like looking right. over the dates and looking at that March date and being like, wow, that's so far away. No, it's <laughs> yeah. right here now. It's terrifying. Uh, horrifying. Like I, I, like I, this is my first like qualifying. This is awful. <laughs> this is yeah, horrible. it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I've just watched world cup. Like when they get in the world cup, I asked you last time, like, why, why isn't the U S um, in the world cup? And then you're just like, it's, it's embarrassing what's happening. And we're on the precipice of another World Cup appearance, but we're also sitting. And I feel like it's natural, like for you especially. I feel like I, I did feel like your number was going to be lower than mine, just because you guys got to experience that as a mm-hmm. newbie. I'm kind of like, oh, everything's fine. The world's not burning. Um, <laughs> I'm sure everything will be great. Um, I think, gosh, could you imagine the level of of boost it would be to knock L Tree for a, another one and get three points at L Tree? I mean, that'd be wild. It would. Yeah, it'd be great. Then Jordan, I'm not confident. In it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So here's the scenarios. If we get a point in Mexico, how do you feel? Better, but like an eighty. Okay. Three points. A three points in Mexico. Yeah. Eighty-five. Really? You wouldn't even go that high, like this, no. to say. I'm oh, not yeah, going. Gonna... Look... We would qualify. We would just maybe have to play that fourth playoff game against like. I don't know, like the, the Hawaiian national team or whatever they are. <laughs> It'd be New Zealand. Probably. Yeah, New Zealand. Did you hear what happened with all of them? Not to get too far off task, but uh, like a bunch of their teams got COVID stuff. So they're all like pushing games and they said they might no. not even have a, a result by the time June rolls around. That's crazy. Because all those regions are. Just let us hit. in then. Just, just right. let us in. Right. Um,. I don't think I could ever get higher than a 90% right now. And that would be. We'll qualify and Jordan will go. I don't know. They might not let us I, in for some reason. I don't reason. know. VAR <laughs> might ruin it somehow. Um, yeah, I, I think I would probably not get very high on it until we actually lock it in. Yeah. Because, you know, I was very sure in 2017 we were going to make it. And, you know, Kova happened and we lose and we had, you know, these projections and stuff where it's like, they have a 98% chance to qualify are all BS. Like none of that stuff means anything, right? Because we had a 98% chance and we didn't qualify and Mm -hmm. it didn't feel like 98% chance because while you do think like, okay, you just have to win this game or get a point. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. We couldn't do that in Trinidad and Tobago, and 
that whole game, it felt like a 0% chance yeah. we were going to qualify because we were not – it was frustratingly at times the same way we look now at points where there's no creativity, nothing going forward. And you're like, come on, like we gotta get moving. Like your state, you know, your life is on the line. You know, yeah, the qualifying. No urgency. Yes. And that's how uh, it kind of feels now. Um, like if we come out looking flat against Mexico right now, even if we got three points, but we look we look flat and we just happen to stumble backwards into three points, I might feel like sixty five percent, not even eighty five. <laughs> I might go down because I'll be like we didn't look good. I don't know how we're yeah. going to go on the, you know, are, are we going to lose to Panama at home? Are we going to lose to Costa Rica? Like that's the kind of things that would make it really tough. Um, yeah. And then the way that the CCL teams are going right now, it's not looking good either. So that's mm. partly playing into it. I think too, you know, because you do have people on Twitter that say, Oh, USA should be able to win in Mexico anyway. And I'm like, but you see from these club teams we can't. Mm -hmm. And you also see from, even though the club teams are not representative of everybody that's on the team in the roster, but it's almost like a mentality just in U.S. soccer as a whole that I think detracts from our ability. And all these kids are super young still, and that's the thing too. They're all still young and they, you know, this is their first time going through it. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. So let's get to some of these MLS games, shall we? Let's do it. Okay. Uh, so we had uh, Cincinnati beat Miami three to one. And this is a good result for Cincinnati. Puts them right outside a playoff spot, believe it or not. But Matarita in the 18th minute, Vasquez in the 24th. Then Higuain in the 30th penalty kick. And this is when Logan pretty much texts me and says, you know, 20 bucks they blow this. <laughs> and I said, I can't even take that bet because that's probably going to happen. It wasn't until they scored their third one in the 82nd minute, another one by Vasquez. I said, I'll take the bet. <laughs> so Jordan's $20 richer. <laughs> no, he never paid up. He's a cheapskate. I uh, wasn't expecting him to. I, I was a joke. Uh, 49.5% possession for Cincy, 505 for Miami, 15 shots for Cincy to 13 for Miami. And since he had six shots on goal, um, the Miami's two. So it doesn't seem like, Logan, that Phil Neville's goal to not give up goals is working all that well right now. Yeah, it makes you really You're wonder. Giving like... up three to Cincy is, is a problem. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this with Alex the previous season. Like, it really and, – and she was much more lenient. And I always feel like the beat writers are much more like that. People that cover the teams are, are less likely going to come out and say, oh, yeah, they're done. They're going to get canned. Um, I, I feel like Jordan – I mean, I know he's Becco's best buddy, but, I mean, at what point do you look at him and, and say – and I know they blew up the roster, but, but at what point do you look at that team and go – I mean, you're getting trounced by a team that is not very good in Cincinnati. Like, what, where, where is the breaking point for Phil Noble? Like, I, I just don't know where it is. The breaking point has to be soon, and I feel like breaking point game... is wooden spoon this yeah. year. If they get the wooden this year, which right now they're kind of in line for, mm-hmm. I think that you can't give them the benefit of the doubt at yeah. that point. 
look, I mean, I was kind of higher on Phil Neville at the end of last season going into this season. I thought they started playing better. You know, at one point they were the best team in the East. Uh, but uh, it kind of backfired when – and here's the thing, too. I don't know how much he can put on him as much anyway because they really just blew up this whole roster. Yeah. And, I mean, I think they should still be doing better than they are, but it's a tough thing. Uh, Beckham said he wants to be more involved in the club. I don't know if that's good or bad, but – um, if he's not going to stand for this, then it could be good, right? I mean, he could let mm-hmm. his friend go. But I think it's going to be tough because I think a part of him might look at it as well and say, well, you know, this is we, like almost like to hit the reset of we're back to year one this year. And maybe he gets some more time. Yeah. And they had an underperforming team. I think if you finish Wooden Spoon, it has to be over, Yeah. right? Start over again. <laughs> Bring in Miami's the next gonna be, Miami's just going to be restarting every <laughs> year. If we keep restarting, we can't be under the spotlight for being bad. Uh, yeah, they sit in 14th place with one point, negative eight goal differential. So again, those the goals are not the goals are not coming. I mean, I mean they are coming. They're going past the goalkeeper. I mean, like they're not, uh, but they're also not scoring. They've had two goals. They've had two goals. One of them was this game. One of them was probably in their draw. I don't remember the other game. Okay, uh, so we had NYCFC at Yankee Stadium, Philadelphia, 2-0. Bedoya in the 12th minute, as I called that. But I said he was going to hit a two-run shot, so I thought that meant I guess he would have scored another one. He did not, so I got that part wrong. But Gazdag in the 33rd minute. Uh, there was some controversy here, I guess. Jack Elliott got a red card that was reversed due to a handball in the buildup of the play, which I thought was rightly called. But people could say that's my bias, I guess. But um, I felt like that was a, a sentiment online that I saw anyway, was that they got the call right. Yeah, it was the right call. Like, it was easily the right call. He used his arms to put the ball into control and then uh, – goes down from there and it was nice for the ref to kind of pull that back because I do at that point Jordan I felt like the momentum was shifting heavily towards NYCFC yeah it would be 1-1 yeah at that point yeah and I felt like they were starting to get more dangerous attacks but then it felt then it really felt right after that happened that Philly just took control of the game it was like it it sparked a new uh I don't know sparked a new energy (laughs) in Philly because that's right after that they go down and and score another so yep and then they almost scored another one right um, that was caught offside so yeah like kind of kicked them into <laughs> kicked them into gear yeah and that and that stadium i told you too but that stadium is so yeah. bad for telling offsides because the camera angle that they have is really bad because it's a baseball stadium and not yeah. a not a soccer stadium i love the tweet i don't know whose tweet it was but i think you retweeted it and it, it said I don't. I didn't know if the ref was going over to check VAR or if he was going to go order a lemonade from the lemonade stand. <laughs> yeah, the VAR booth in that thing is so sad. It was, it some was literally guy. so sad. It's like some random guy sitting at a table. It literally looks like that meme of like change my mind meme where the guy's yeah. sitting on some college campus that looks like a cardboard table, and he's just he's just sitting there 
And it, literally the guy's just sitting there looking at the bar uh, or the assistant coming over and he's like, all right, well, this is awkward. And it's a small table. Like, man, give him a... It's, it's a like folding size, It's the it's size like of their banner. Fold. Like their yeah. championship banner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the sad thing is the banner is smaller still. Um, I, I mean, I saw screenshots of like pictures taken of where that actually is in the stadium and how mm-hmm. far. You cannot read that thing from far away. No. There was like that funny so tweets. Sad. I think Philly was the one tweeting it where they like blew it up and it said Philadelphia is still good or something yeah. like that. It was like Philadelphia yeah. to yeah, nothing or something. Um, but can we just talk about the Union, how good their defense is again for like the 96th time? Um, sure, I like hearing it. <laughs> two goals given up, Jordan, against pretty good teams that they've played so far. I mean, it just seems like Philadelphia has it figured out defensively. And I do feel like it's all, I mean, most of it's just, you know, having that that solid center back pairing between Glesnes and Jack Elliott. And then you throw in Andre Blake, the best goalkeeper at MLS. And it's like, it's so difficult to score. Like, I mean, he was, they were putting a a ton of shots on goal to start the game. And I just felt like nothing was ever going to get by him. I mean, they were putting legitimate shots where I think anybody else scores. And it's like, no, he's a wall, like a fortress built. So, I mean, it, it really is. It just speaks to that. And then, the fact that Daniel Gazdog three games in a row has scored, it's like this dude is is unreal. Uh, I mean, it it's starting to get to a point where Philly just they're just churning out good team after good team after good team. Ernst Tanner has been really good at uh, mm-hmm. finding just diamonds in the rough that can help build a team. Um, I mean, the Union only had twenty six percent possession to seventy three point two, but they had thirteen shots to NYCFC's eighteen, so they didn't even lag that much in the shot department with as little um, possession as they had. They and, actually edged I mean, out the shots on goal four to three too. Yeah, NYCFC is playing at home too. Like it's just so impressive. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to win there. Many people have said that that go in there and try to play in that match box. It's like it's so difficult to play. It was our that. first time winning there. Um, and it was actually the first time I felt like they looked good playing there. They Mm -hmm. usually don't look good at Yankee stadium, which is why I was actually surprised myself when you asked me who was going to win. And I said, the union two to one, I was close, (laughs) uh, you know, because it is something that they struggle with there, but for whatever reason, I was feeling pretty good. Just to throw this stat out there now, before we get to the rest of them, the champions league, Teams have not been doing well. Mm-mm. Oh, two and two this weekend. Two wins or two losses and two draws. Um, this was one of the losses, obviously. But I don't know. They they looked a lot sharper than the other two. Like I, I felt like uh, you know Montreal started to look really good in the first half. But I thought I mean I thought NYCFC played decently well. And I just feel like the Union were just the better team. Toronto got a win against DC at BNO field, uh, BMO field um, Canoose scoring in the 10th minute to give DC an early lead. Then Pozuelo in the 24th and Osorio in the 53rd. So Bob Bradley getting his uh, win here. The funny thing. This is the first time I've ever seen this because MLS soccer.com is so specific with the possession, but this was mm-hmm. straight up 50, 50 <laughs> and DC actually edged them on shots, 12 to nine. So, uh, but it goes to Toronto, uh, two one, um, which you know currently puts Toronto with their first win of the season up to eleventh place with four points and only two points out of a playoff spot. Which it felt like they needed a win soon, Logan, or else they'd kind of keep falling behind. But it seems like they were able to get it at the right time 
um, here against DC. Yeah, re- reinforcements can't come soon enough, and I'm not sure that Toronto's going to have enough of them. Uh, they just don't look sharp. But I mean, this game they look a little bit better. But again, I, I still want to. There's a lot to to see. Uh, Posuelo played well, and that that's key. Um, but Jonathan Osorio played extremely well in this game. So, and I don't know if you saw that second goal, Jordan. It was nuts. <laughs> he like slid and hit one through, um, and went rocketing into the goal. It was like whoa. No, I didn't think I got to see that one. Yeah, it was really good. But congrats, Bob. I did, I did have this game won at first. Mm-hmm. What day was it? That was Saturday? Yeah. Oh, and I had to go... I had to go somewhere. Where did I have to go? Anyway, I had to go somewhere, so I left it on uh, the TV, and then I came back, and I think I switched over to L.A. Orlando. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. I went to McDonald's. That's what it was. <laughs> Solid. I didn't have to go, but I went. Solid. And that was because of you, Logan. I saw your DoorDash McDonald's yep. bag in that picture you sent. Yep. And I was like, well, now I know what I'm getting for dinner. And that's funny because that was before that because I know I ordered it because Ashley had a rough go on Friday. So she had to have McDonald's early on Saturday morning. And oh, it was a great day for me. Like she was, <laughs> she was like stuck to the couch because she had too much fun at a wedding. Oh, thing, so she but... was on the couch too. So she like sat oh, there and watched it with you. Or it. She no, sleeping? she was just oh, okay. sleeping, like mostly sleeping through it. Every once in a while, she'd like wake up and kind of watch. Um, she watched some of the Orlando game, but. Well, yeah, that's her club, right? Yeah, it's her b- big fan. Um, she really likes She's all been the to guys. A game, right? Yeah, she has. Yeah, she watched yeah, what, a lot what, of it. Yeah. What? Uh, well, who was the guy that she liked? She likes. Uh, she liked Kyle Smith. It's kind of. Oh, um, that's but, right. That's right. Yeah like kind of an odd one but yeah i'd have gone more for like like mauricio Pereira or somebody like he's yeah i used more... to get out like when joy would watch uh baseball with me she always liked adam jones and manny machado okay i always had to make fun of her for <laughs> just randomly liking two you know two players on the team that she didn't understand really she doesn't understand any of the sport but she's just picking random dudes yeah yeah, I think it was the I think it was the facial hair for Adam Jones. Mm. He's a yeah. handsome guy. He's always happy he too. He always like yeah, he, he is. He's always smiling. Uh huh. Um, Manny Machado is like the bad boy type, you know. Yeah, so he I is. Think that, oh, I think yeah. that got her. Yeah, he's like the <laughs> wild thing. Uh, okay. Uh, Orlando. Speaking of Orlando, uh, Facundo Torres, right? Uh, scoring mm-hmm. in the ninth minute early against LA and of course I, I missed the early goal and then I had to or watch it on a highlight reel afterwards but I watched the rest of the game and uh, this was a good result <laughs> really good result from Orlando really stole this one at Dignity Health Sports Park or whatever it's called now uh, 37.2% possession for Orlando to 62 for LA 20 shots to 6 but with those 20 shots, only three on target to Orlando's two. And there you go. That ends up being uh, all that Orlando needed in a tough gauntlet here for the schedule for Orlando. How much better does this make you feel about this team and how they can do this year uh, with that? Yeah, I was going to say coming off an FC Cincinnati loss at home two to one was not a really good yeah. feeling at all. Um, Cause they just don't win games uh, and actually just won their second game. 
Uh, first time since June 20 for 2021. I forgot to throw that stat out there. Since yeah, they won back-to-back, back back. right? Yeah. yeah, and my team being one of them. Um, they beat the hell out of the, the Florida teams. Um, but uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> they literally have the Florida numbers. But no, it, it felt really good. Like I felt like going into this game, I almost wanted to say I had no expectations to grab a point. Like I felt like the Galaxy would just run us through. And I'm like, God, this is going to be a disaster. Um, and then they... they it's Orlando just defended really well. And that's what was really good. I mean, they're up there with the union and, and goals allowed with two. I mean, they've, they've defended really well this year. And I needed to see that because last Isn't that year, how they started last year with yes. Kalesi too. Yep. Um, and then he, he got left. hit. Yeah. And then he got hit in the, you know what today or the other day. So, um, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was, it was great to see. I love seeing the defense step up just because we had struggled with that. Ruan played really well. Uh, AC and Janssen played really well. So that was really ex- exciting to see. And I thought Joao looked probably the best he's looked since he's been hurt um, a couple of years ago. So, yeah, they looked solid. Uh, Urso played well. Uh, Facundo Torres is a freak. Um, I think it won't be long until somebody comes calling for him um, just because of how good he is. But, yeah, overall, I was really happy. And if we can go to Providence Park next uh, and beat a, a Timbers team this weekend uh, in Providence, then I'll be, like, sky high. Um, coming back for the LAFC game. Well, we'll get to Portland, but I think they have a shot. I do too, yeah. Uh, Probably game of the weekend here. Atlanta-Montreal finishes 3-3. Joseph Martinez, six minutes in. And Atlanta, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, goes nuts. Then it goes... Mahalovic in the 28th minute, Kone in the 37th, Kyoto, my boy Kyoto in the 42nd minute, and it's 3-1 Montreal going into the half. Mercedes-Benz Stadium is quiet. Red card, Dom DeWire, 67th minute. Almeida in the, uh, Almada in the 85th minute. I almost said Almeida, like it's going to be... Um, Matias. Yeah, out there playing. Uh, 85th minute for Almada uh, to make it 3-2. Then Brooks Lennon with a rocket in the 90-plus-2 minute to make it 3-3. Probably shouldn't have left it this late, Atlanta, but they somehow are able to get it. It's probably a very memorable game for everybody that was there. I mean, that type of comeback, right, has got to be... Amazing. I mean, Montreal actually dominated the shot 16 to 8 and 6 to 3 when it comes to shots on goal, but all of uh all of Atlanta shots on goal go into the back of the net. 42,578 people saw this comeback live. This has got to be good for Atlanta's confidence here as they're up to 6th place with 7 points. Um, only three points off of the top. I mean, we're still very early in the season, but you know, Montreal hasn't looked great. They've got one point. This was huge for them to, to come back here. Yeah. The, the Almada goal was uh, freakishly good. Uh, it might be goal of the year. If you haven't seen it, look it up. It's, it's amazing uh, to see um, their new signing, their new boy coming in. But Jordan, I always feel like Atlanta lately has always been like the snake in the grass, like waiting to just kind of like bite when the time is necessary. 
Like they just kind of sit in these really weird positions in the table, and then all of a sudden you you turn around and they're back up to like three or four. Yeah, and you're that's going, how it was the last year. They, they were like yep. right out of it for a bit, and yep. then boom, make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're going to get the home weird. game, which they needed mm-hmm. to be able to move on last year, but just amazing. Yeah, but their transition defense was awful, and Chris Smith was Chris quick to to point that out jordan that that the whole uh offside thing doesn't exist if you're playing on your half of the field and your defenders are going oh hell yeah <laughs> kind of looking over their shoulders like that's not good both of these guys are back behind us and they're both on our side so the ball just kind of rolls through and then mihalovich puts guzan on skates it's like oh dear <laughs> yeah we had to explain that to somebody that yeah. shared our uh video yeah because usually your defense isn't that bad like to where they're just so completely out of position and that they're like all the way across the field from one another. There's big, wide, gaping hole. And both. usually at that point, right? Because that was the Mahalovich goal, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. So that is the second goal, right? Mm-hmm. Or is that yeah. the first? That's the no, first one. Yeah, that's the first. That's the first one. So it's one nothing. Atlanta does not need all of their players forward at one nothing. That's something that it, when you usually see that happen, it's because the other team is going for it the other team is going for it because they're down like that that probably could have happened after they had the red card and they're pressuring to try to get those last two goals that probably could have happened then but the fact that it happened when there was 11 people on the pitch and it's one nil to atlanta is kind of unforgivable at at that point Mm -hmm. because i've seen that play all the time and people always ask why is it not offsides because it's in that half usually that only happens when the other team is countering yeah uh, and usually the other team's countering because the other team has everybody forward trying mm-hmm. to make a last push. And it's usually like the, usually those type of goals are like the ones that like put the final nail in the coffin. Yeah. You know, like I've seen like that happen with, um, it's not exactly like it, but it kind of reminds me of the Fernando Torres goal against Barcelona in 2012 in the Champions mm-hmm. League when Chelsea won. So that's what it kind of reminds me of. Chelsea's good at that. They also stuck it into City like that too. It's like yeah. both Laporte and uh, I think it Diaz were both out of position when was it who was it that got loose? Was it Abraham? I forget who it was, but uh well Havertz Havert scored, right? Yeah, maybe. Timo. Um no idea. Chicago at Soldier Field, three one. Shabilko, former union player, scores in the thirtieth minute. Shakiri gets on the board with a penalty in the 50th minute. Kansas City pulls one back with Espinoza, and then Shabilko buries it in the 82nd minute to give Chicago some much-needed three points at home. That's going to put Chicago in a very good spot right now. They're in third place in the East. This is a team that we were down on, 11th place, <laughs> but what did we say? We said that if everything works out great for uh, mm-hmm. the new coach, you they know, push the playoffs that they could push for the playoffs and it's still early. So they might still drop a bit, but um, it's looking pretty good. And Shakiri, you know, putting one away with the penalty, he did what he needed to do. And uh, Shabilko got his long contract that he wanted, his guaranteed contract. And he's, you know, the years that he wanted and he, you know, puts two away to repay his team so that's pretty good for chicago and kansas city is uh at this point 12th place with three points 
A lot of people were predicting that. We had them in second and third. So you know what? I'm not giving up yet. They can kind of rise from the ashes, I think. But it is more going on there than just that they don't have a striker, I feel. Mm-hmm. Right? Like when you look at when you look at all of uh, what's going on in these games, it doesn't seem like it's just that no, they're missing their striker. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the shots were pretty even with 10-7. Mm-hmm. Shots on goal were 3-2. So maybe it, they just needed some more shots. But giving up three goals is not usually the Kansas City way. I don't know. Might just be a down year for them this year. Charlotte, let's get to that. Charlotte 3-1. Huge, huge game for Charlotte at Bank of America Stadium. I'm glad their first win was at home. I think Mm -hmm. that is really cool. Uh, They had 29,000 people there, which is good. They had uh, their new signings, Federsky, if I said that right, Federsky. Federsky, yeah. uh, Scoring in the 6th minute and the 57th minute. That 57-minute goal, by the way, was three minutes after Carlos Heel tied it up in the 54th minute with a penalty. So once it was 1-1, I was like, all right, here we go. And then you get Swiderski in the 57th minute, and then Baltimorean Ben Bender scoring in the 64th minute. I'll tell you what, Jordan. Uh, write down the name Ben Bender. I know you have him marked because he's a Baltimore guy, but – the kid looks he looks really good. Uh, and I wrote it, it down. Like, yeah, good. Thank you. Um, I, w- I would forget, but uh, one hell of a name. Two, uh, the kid is just so talented. Like he almost, it, you know, it reminds me of Brendan. Like he really does. I mean, it, it, not just the hair. I think it, it's just the skill on the ball and how unfazed he is. Like he he's got that like a little bit of Matthew Hoppy cockiness to him, where he's kind of like, this moment will never be too big for me. Um, and the kid just came out of the super draft, 19 years old or something, 18, 19 years old. It's only a matter of time till that kid is uh, is on the radar for many of the teams. Um, U.S. men's national team, I would not be con- I would not be shocked if the youth national team starts picking him up and taking him places, just because I do think he's got that ability. Um, and I'm I've been really impressed with him. He had assist and a goal, um, and his goal was just solid. I don't know if you saw, it was a blast. Um, he kind of just waited for <laughs> New England to just kind of fizzle, and the keeper's going, uh-oh. Uh, and he just left with one right into the top corner. It was beautiful. Um, but, yeah, mark down the name if those that are not marking it down haven't yet, just because I, I think the kid's got the – I think he's got the ability to be pretty special in this league. Should I have him on, Jordan? Yeah. Uh, Possession-wise, it favored New England. Shots favored New England. Shots on goal were even, but just uh, Charlotte got the better of New England, and that's just part of the, I guess, Champions League curse right now. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, you know, that won't be a problem for them going forward because they they blew it. Man, did they blow it. We haven't even got a chance to talk about that. They blew it. That's awful. Uh, they, they really just... Sad. <laughs> Blew that three nothing. <laughs> Real cocky about it too, with Bruce being like, "Well, uh, we don't have to score; they have to." Well, maybe it could have helped if he had scored. Bruce might be in some trouble here, man. They, they're not looking too good in the season either, so it's he'll good. be fine. I'll fire him. Let him coach the U.S. Men's National Team again. He'll probably, 
if anything, I would see it more of a he uh, retires at the end of this year or something. Next Man City coach. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, my God, they love him. All right, uh, Minnesota won, San Jose nil, Amaria in the 32nd minute. Um, <laughs> I was live. I was I was recording with Jack at this time, and we were just wrapping up one of our uh, Disney podcasts. And uh, for people that don't know, Jack is from the Final Third. He's a Minnesota fan. And uh, when he actually scored, I was like, oh, who was it? And he said, Amaria. I was already teasing him about Amaria's finish rate. And I was like, how many tries did it take him to get it in there? He said three. And I was like, like, see? I'm not a big big guy into thinking Amaria is going to be enough for them. But San Jose had more possession. Minnesota had 13 shots to San Jose six. San Jose had no shots on goal. They had no shots on goal against the Union, too, I think. I think that might be three, two to three games in a row or something for them with no shots That's on impressive. goal. They, they, Almeida needs to go. He's not happy there. I don't think GM is happy that he's there. I don't think anybody's happy. happy that Almeida no. is there. So just it's a bad marriage right now. They just got to just gotta get the divorce, right? Yeah. I think it'd be really cool to have Landon Donovan coach them. I think it'd be a blast. Oh my god, they hate him though. That That's fine. Funny. Just that pull him in. Funny. I don't know where else they would go from here. Like I, they, I probably internally, but I mean, it, it is Jordan. It's a disaster. I was gonna say I was gonna make a joke about like and only had like six huff and puffs from Almeida on the sideline as he sat back in his chair, going, "I could be anywhere else but here." It's brutal to watch him like on the sideline. It's just mm-hmm. like demoralizing. Minnesota sit third right now with eight points right below LAFC and RSL and right above Austin. Dallas beat Portland four to one. Hazers fair with a 36 minute hat trick, 26 minute, 30th minute, 36 minute. And Paul Areola in the 77th minute. Both of them are going to be joining the U S men's national team. Nia's Goda in the 61st minute for Portland. This game finishes almost 50, 50 possession and almost 50, 50 on shots, 14 to 12 edging out Dallas. But uh, Fiera just got it done. So all the people that were saying you can't play the false nine like that, I don't know, I guess you can. But I don't know why, you know, I mean, I, I think Dallas is going to be okay. Uh, they're up to fifth place right now. They were kind of a question mark team. I had them 10th, you had them 12th. Um, they're kind of a question mark team of have they done enough to actually – get it going they actually had a lot of fans there it was a great atmosphere um for a team that usually doesn't draw well so i good result for all the fans there maybe that'll build some more uh, more fans to come out yeah that was the best atmosphere since i've been watching i know when you sent the picture i was shocked that that was their stadium that they were they were all sitting in but like you said i it, hey, if they keep going like this, I mean, I, I hope Jesus proves me wrong, but I've always just called him an okay, decent MLS player, and that's all he'll he'll ever kind of amount to just because I don't know. You know, he's never really shown it on the international stage for us, but hey, if it's an MLS player and he plays well and he gets a chance to go play somewhere else, then kudos to him. But yeah, this was impressive, and gosh, man, I mean, Portland looked awful too. Like, they, there's a lot of teams that you're just kind of sitting here scratching your head this far into the season going, what? And they're all in the West. It's really strange. Like, it seems like all the Western teams that we really thought were going to perform pretty well have really hit the ground um, 
hard and, and haven't run yet. So it'll be interesting to kind of see where they all fall in. Houston versus Colorado uh, was a Mark Anthony K goal for the Rapids in the 42nd minute and a Tyler Pasher goal in the 90th minute for Houston to finish 1 1. Um, Houston sit eighth while uh, Colorado sit six. So uh, a good result for both teams. Honestly, Houston probably would have wanted to get, you know, to actually get the. Uh, the win, but um, not too bad. Any thoughts on these two teams? No. Again, I think teams that just, eh, like they, I mean, Houston kind of played better than I thought they would play to start the season, um, you know, being up in eighth, but it, it's mostly just because their defense has held three goals allowed, which is pretty impressive for them. Now it's a matter of can they score goals? Um, and I'm not sure that they can, so <laughs> hold the phone on that one. But uh, Rapids, I mean, I still feel like they're coming out of the malaise that was the CCL. So I don't know. They're they're kind of coming up out of it and getting back into form, but they haven't looked too sharp either. All right. Uh, RSL beat Nashville 2-1. You had a Bobby Wood goal two minutes in. Walker Zimmerman in the 25th minute. Uh, Schmidt in the 54th to give RSL a victory. Dax McCarty with a red card in the 90 plus six. Um, Nashville had more possession. They had more shots. They just couldn't, couldn't really convert them. And after a hot start in the West, they currently sit 11th. Uh, now only two points from a playoff spot and three points from the top four. So again, it's really early. Try not to be reactionary here, but um, which I think people are just too reactionary nowadays. Yeah. You know what I saw after that after that Barcelona win yesterday? That they're back? I saw ESPN FC say, oh, is yeah. Xavi one of the best managers in the world right now? Whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Yeah. <laughs> they still sit like fourth or fifth in La Liga. Like, right. calm it down a bit. Let's not take everything at, like, you know, let's not change our perspectives every single game. Or every single big result. But uh, I think ultimately they'll end up okay. Uh, now their goal differential, a little worrisome right now, negative two. They have five goals uh, against only scoring three right now. I think really their defense is okay as it stands. I don't think five is too bad when you look at teams like Vancouver, San Jose, Kansas City giving up nine and eight. Or even Portland giving up seven. But I think they need to just start scoring more. And I think they've had a really tough schedule to start out with, but but really this game was was winnable, I think. But RSL's been really good, so I'm not really sure where I land on this. But I, I think I land on Nashville will be okay, and that RSL um, probably shouldn't have put them ninth is where I'm kind of leaning at on these two teams. Yeah, Nashville, I mean, it, we did talk about this at the beginning of the year. Uh, we talked about the fact that if Nashville's not getting goals from Hani Mukhtar, where do they turn? because they don't have that prolific score. And that's where you and I talked about why they possibly couldn't be one of the top teams in the West was the fact that they just don't, they never really have a proven score. Like CJ Sapong's good, but like not consistent enough. Like they need one of those, almost like a Joseph Martinez, Carlos Heel, um, you know, that, or sorry, uh, Gustavo Bo, Buxa kind of score. Like they need somebody that's going to throw up 
you know, 14, 15 goals. Uh, and I'm not sure Hani could do that consistently just because I don't think that's the system they really play. They really rely on those wingers and the, and the forward to get forward and score goals. But I just don't think that that's going to happen um, with them. I think if you're looking at a team like this, they really need somebody that's going to be a goal scorer. Uh, they need to go find one because I'm not sure they have it. All right. Uh, Red Bull New York tied uh, Columbus, 84th minute. Barlow scored to give Red Bulls the lead. 90 plus five, Darlington Nagby equalizes for the crew. Austin equalized late against Seattle. Will Bruin scored in the 43rd minute. Diego Fagundes in the 70th minute to give Austin a victory. They're off to a good start this year, unfortunately, for our rankings and how we have them. And LAFC, uh, Blackman scored for Vancouver really early on 12th minute, but then Hollingshead in the 27th, Carlos Vela in the 38th, and Hollingshead in the 70th. We'll wrap up LAFC's win at home, and where that leaves us right now is in the East Philadelphia Union with 10 points at top, Crew in second with eight, Chicago in third with eight, uh, New York Red Bulls in fourth with seven, Orlando in fifth with seven, Atlanta in sixth with seven, DC in seventh with six. Out of the playoff spot, Cincinnati in 8th, NYCFC in ninth, New England in 10th, Toronto in 11th, Charlotte in 12th, Montreal in 13th, and Miami in 14th. Over on the West, LAFC lead in the West. First place with 10 points, RSL in 2nd with 10, Minnesota in 3rd with 8, Austin in 4th with 7, Dallas, Colorado in 5th and 6th with 7 points, LA Galaxy in 7th with 6 points. Out of the playoff spots right now are Houston in 8th, Portland in 9th, Seattle in 10th, Nashville in 11th, SKC in 12th, San Jose in 13th, Vancouver in 14th, and 1, 2, 3, 4 of my top 7 teams in the West are out of the playoff spots. So we'll see how, how it goes there. MLS can't predict it. Just cannot predict it. Let's take a look at the real quickly at the matches uh, coming up and then the U.S. Open Cup. It's time for the Match of the Week preview. All right, Match of the Week preview. USA, Mexico, we already went over that. Saturday, though, on March 26th is Charlotte versus Cincinnati on Unimas TUDN and Twitter at 5 o'clock on Saturday. SKC versus RSL at 7 at Children's Mercy Park. That's also on TUDN and Twitter. Then Sunday, March 27th, is Portland versus Orlando at 4. So by the time we'll be back on here, we'll be able to look ahead to the early April games. Uh, U.S. Open Cup. Let me pull up that schedule real quick before we head on out of here. Because those games happen... Uh, this whole uh, week, right? Isn't it like Tuesday mm-hmm. and Wednesday? Here we go. So, uh, Tuesday, we have FC Motown versus Westchester United. That's a USL League Two team versus an NPSL team. Um, that's going to take place in New Jersey. That is on ESPN Plus at 7 o'clock. Cleveland SC for Chicago FC United is going to take place at 7.15. That's on the U.S. Soccer Federation's YouTube page. 
Hartford City versus Oyster Bay United is going to take place at 7.30 on ESPN+. Plus. USSF YouTube is going to have the Villages SC versus Orlando FC Wolves. Um, that's going to take place in Summerfield, Florida at 7.30. Also at 7.30 is Southern States SC Stars versus Georgia Revolution FC. That's going to be on the United uh, U.S. Soccer Federation YouTube. Um, that's 7.30 Central Time, though, actually, so that's 8.30. Then at, also at 8.30 Eastern on ESPN Plus is Denton Diablos versus Defenders Kicks Soccer Club, Texas. Look at these fun Great names, names for those two. I do. I really love these names. Denton Diablos is great. Uh, Wednesday, March 23rd on ESPN Plus at 7 p.m. It's the Ocean City Nor'easters versus Lansdowne Yonkers FC. I love that name. Lansdowne Yonkers FC. That's a cool name. Um, Need some merch. Ocean City Nor'easters. I used to see them play a lot against the Baltimore Bows. That They were in the same division of the old USL PDL, which is now the USL League, too. Uh, 7 p.m. on the U.S. Soccer Federation YouTube is Lynchburg FC versus Nova FC, both of those teams from Virginia. Then we have also on the U.S. Soccer YouTube at 7 o'clock, South Carolina United versus NC Fusion. Also at 7.30 on U.S. Soccer, YouTube, Western Mass Pioneers versus Brockton FC. Then on ESPN Plus at 7.30, Miami United versus City Soccer FC. That's a Florida team. And uh, ESPN Plus at 8 o'clock, Des Moines Menace versus Minneapolis City S. C. So that is uh, Jack actually does a lot of work for Minneapolis City SC. So people are interested in that. You can watch it on ESPN Plus. Um, if you're in the Minnesota area, check out their their YouTube. Uh, I mean, like their uh, Twitter account. Um, U.S. Soccer YouTube at eight o'clock has Tulsa Athletic versus Azteca FC. U.S. Soccer YouTube at 2.45 p.m. Pacific. So that is 5.45. I don't know why this is not why this is not listed before all those other games. <laughs> San Fernando Valley FC versus Escondido FC. 10 o'clock Eastern time on U.S. Soccer YouTube is Portland Timbers U23 versus Contra Costa FC. And on ESPN Plus at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time is Las Vegas Legends FC versus Park City Red Wolves SC. Are you excited for following the U.S. Open Cup for uh, the first time here? Yeah, this is wild. Like I, like, I mean, it's just like FA Cup and things like that. I mean, you're getting to see teams that I, they'll be recording with iPhones and stuff uh, for some of this uh, action. So I don't know. It's really cool just to kind of see the, te- like the teams in the villages that are playing. That's an Orlando team and the village team, which is one of the towns up north of us. So it's pretty cool just to kind of see really small 
local clubs getting involved. And I mean, these are, these are teams that are eventually, you know, going to advance to the next round and play some of the bigger teams and some of the bigger teams. Mm -hmm. And then it just kind of, you know, progresses into maybe USL playing some of the bigger teams. And I don't know, it's really cool. Like, uh, it's like March Madness. So I'm always a big fan of, I'm going to be rooting for the underdogs. Uh, I don't care if they take out my team. So um, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun just to watch uh, some of these cup games and some of these kids play some of these older guys that have been around the leagues for (laughs) quite some time. So I'm excited to see what it's all about. Yes. uh, For early April is the next round uh, where we'll have, Oh, Pittsburgh Riverhounds versus Maryland Bobcats. That's pretty cool. That's like a Steelers Ravens matchup there. Um, (laughs) um, That's April 5th. Yeah. So we got some really old Detroit city versus Michigan stars, April 5th. Uh, We got some good matchups in the next round too. Oh, so the winner of Villages SC versus Orlando FC Wolves is going to go up against Tampa Bay Rowdies. Yeah, that'd be cool. That is really cool. Yeah, the Rowdies are good. They are, yeah, that's that's fun. Um, yeah, so for people who don't know, they try to keep these usually regionalized for a bit at least, and then it'll kind of probably balloon outward from there. I know that like uh, I went to an Orlando Philly us open cup game before and it was actually the round after the dc um orlando game i went to yeah <laughs> that got rained out for a bit and then you know um continued after like two hours of stoppage um but yeah so i don't know us open cup is fun i really enjoy really enjoy it i mean obviously we're not going to be able to get a chance to watch every single one of these games right it's just impossible but uh i'm really eager to look at at least some of that um villages sc versus orlando fc wolves i think that's fun westchester united like westchester is near where joy went to school so that's another fun one for me to check out you know those killer names in texas were awesome the Denton Diablos. Yes, Denton Diablos <laughs> versus the Fetters kick. Uh, yeah, that's really cool. Um, lots of good stuff. Ocean City versus Lansdowne Yonkers on Wednesday. That's <laughs> <laughs> Yonkers. That is so much fun. Uh, we'll talk about who moves on and stuff, and we'll take a look at it next time. Because next time we really talk about, we'll from there. Gonna next week might. My- we'll see if we right like if we're gonna make it or not by the time we record on monday because we would have had thursday sat sunday games so one thing to get up our mood if it's down is the uh the open cup that we can look at that's true all right well let's uh let's start kicking back some we're going for a night drive now uh, but yeah, so uh, anything else, Logan, before we head out of here? Anything before you want to say before the U.S. kick off their game or these Open Cup games kick off or anything? Uh, U.S. fans, just relax. All right, I know. I know. I'm here to, I'm here to ease your pains as we get into the night drive. It needs to be calm. We need to put our faith in the LeBron James of soccer. He is coming for you, L Tree. He is. Got He's asking you on U.S. This. Soccer to take down pictures of him on yep. Instagram. He wants you annihilated, L Tree. He is coming. 
we'll see how it goes if you want to give us a follow we're on every social media platform pretty much with at stateside show check that out i'm not gonna list them all all right well that'll wrap us up here we'll see you on the other side of two of these results i'm so nervous but we'll see how it goes hopefully it's a good mood hopefully we're in a good mood next monday but if not you probably know why we'll see you later if it doesn't go well i've got two headlines for us ready yeah miles to go Mm -hmm. and done and dusted (laughs) those are awful but we can definitely use those we're going to use those (laughs) Throwing his body in, it's going to fall for Ibrahimovic! Oh, come on! Come on! Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. Men's National Team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.